Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. I'm pretty excited to talk about butt stuff with you. Yeah, me too. Um, I want to start off. How is your personal training going? <gasps> really good. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I actually, I met with a client this morning. This was my second session with her and it was mm-hmm. so fun. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. I, I've really enjoyed it. And with all of my clients, I tell them up front that I, I take a very like educational approach and I want to teach them how to move and they're all really excited to learn. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So how yeah. are you, what's like your demographic? Are they older? Like, Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have, let's see, I have three people right now uh-huh. and I would say they're between the ages of, 37 and 47. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, a little bit older than us. Yeah. But middle aged. Yeah. Um, awesome. Like what type of stuff are you doing with them? Um, I'm doing right now because they're really, er, we're really early on in our training relationship. So most of them are only, you know, three or four sessions in with me. And I only meet with them about once a week Okay. right now. And some yeah. of them, I meet with them once every other week. So we're pretty early on in just learning foundational movements. Sure. So really they've, they've all learned how to squat and they've all learned pelvic tilts. Nice. Yep. And most of them have started to learn how to hinge. So that's what I did this morning is we did a lot of hinging and yeah. butt activation. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I don't know. That's, it was cool to hear that you got back into it, honestly. Um, and you're doing it at the Y, right? Yeah. And it's, right. it's been really nice. Um, it's nice because it's different this time around. Whereas, you know, I'm doing personal training, not as my livelihood. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no, there's no pressure for me and to try to acquire clients right? and, you know, work my ass off basically. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, I really just put my availability out and I say, I'm available Friday mornings and Saturday mid mornings and that's it. Mm-hmm. And it's and first, yeah. it's first come first serve. And if they can't meet with me, then I'm not the trainer for them because I, yeah. I just, I don't want to spread myself thin. Yeah. I like the boundaries and you don't give them options. Like I think an issue we ran into is I know I am, but um, maybe you are too, just like a really big people pleaser. Oh yeah, um, and that is like r- kind of recipe for disaster when you try to make this thing your whole life. Um, I think I mean obviously some people are really good at it and obtaining those clients and and want to get all that. But I like that 
I mean, it's great that you're just doing it for your own enjoyment and there's no stress in it. Cause it's like, that was always the funnest. Like when we first started out, it was like so enjoyable, but we also had like a very low load. Um, so like, yeah. And then things escalate and like how you try to please everybody and then mm-hmm. trying to schedule them in, but so you don't take an account of your own needs and yeah, it gets carried away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I learned, I learned lots of lessons about creating healthy boundaries Yeah, because there is, I mean, I still feel it now where if someone says, Oh, you know what? Could you do a Monday morning? And I, I so want to be like, I could make that work, but ultimate, ultimately I decided that this has to, this has to be fun. This has to fit with my normal work schedule. And this cannot mm-hmm. get in the way of my workouts. Mm. So if any of those things start to interfere, I need to step back. And really, I told Corey this, having to reframe this in my head as this is, this is coffee money. This is yeah. money you know, I'm not doing it for the money. So I have to tell myself, you know, this is Starbucks. (laughs) Really, this is, this is my coffee money. And if it ever gets to the point where I'm like, oh, this isn't worth a cup of coffee to me, then I'm, I'm not going to do it because I don't need to do it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And there's so many ends of this, like there's such a wide spectrum of personal training out there as far as like making a living versus just hobby. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, it's like, so push to like, to like make this work and make a living and it's so rewarding. And to a point it is, it was very rewarding when we were coaching and doing all these things, but yeah, it just becomes so stressful. So recognizing that there is a spectrum and there's a way to balance enjoying it, but also, you know, having another job that you still enjoy as well, you can have the best of both worlds is, I mean, if it works for you, then it's right for you. You know, you don't need to try to fill your own mm, life with whatever someone else is trying to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, it, if another company is saying you should push personal training, you should follow this because it's so rewarding, but it's not working for you. You need to recognize that and, and make a change. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you, do you miss mm-hmm. that side of training? Mm, what do you mean? Like, do you miss the, I mean, you're, um, in the physical therapy world, you're working one-on-one with clients, but it's a little bit different. So do you miss the personal training side of it? Yeah. I I miss the personal training side for sure. I, it's, it's tough. So right now I'm transitioning out of this current job, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I see a lot of patients per day. Right. And I don't really get time to like teach them how to squat or teach them how to do certain movements. It's, it's just manual therapy, mm-hmm. which was fun at first. Um, I do miss like being interactive with a person and teaching them how to do a kettlebell swing or like a clean and like mm. watching them get it and watching them yeah. like, light up and get it. Like that was always the most rewarding. I loved doing foundations the most. Um, and, and I, I miss that. I, I don't miss, uh, people pleasing a lot. I think that's the part that burned me out and got me out of it is it was way too much people pleasing. And I, I fall into that trap cause I don't want to disappoint anybody. Um, yeah. and I, I put my own needs just on the back burner until like they blow up, you know? 
So I definitely miss teaching one-on-one. If I could do, you know, that one-on-one for whatever, a couple of people a day, I think that'd be great. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I don't, it's, that's a tough question because yes, I miss it. And I look back and I remember most of the good things, but then <laughs> and also some of like the, the, the stressful parts are, are pretty, uh, I don't know. I just remember those as well. Yeah. I I'm right there with you. And uh, what you said about foundations being the best part of it, that's, mm-hmm. that's still my favorite thing mm-hmm. is to have someone who's brand new, really doesn't feel super comfortable in the gym no one's ever taught them how to squat or hinge or do anything. Mm-hmm. Really, they've never received any instruction. And some of my clients, they're into taking group fitness classes, which I love. I mean, I came from group fitness. I used to do that. But in, in the group fitness setting, it's, it's this follow, follow the leader kind of class. Okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't get a ton of one-on-one instruction. So where they may be squatting in a group fitness class, the instructor or most instructors don't walk around and actually teach you how to squat. It's more like follow my lead. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been really into, you had to really just, that's, that's really the goal is, and I, it's never my intent to get anyone hooked on personal training. My goal would be, Hey, we're going to teach you how to move. And then we're going to teach you to have confidence to walk into any gym at any time and know exactly what to do. Yeah. And know what a squat is and know what yes. a deadlift is and those basic movements and you can exactly. do them and it's yes. not impossible. I think that it is it's so rewarding to have, it's crazy how people, many people don't know how to hinge properly or maybe like when they're mm. learning it, they think it's, it is so different cause they've never done it before, but really they have. And yeah. so relating that end of their life being like, no, this is just literally picking your dog up off the ground. We're just going to do teach you with a flat back. Like this isn't something foreign that is totally new. You've moved yeah. like this before. So making those relations and, and breaking it down and like people are, appreciate that so much. And you just like you at the, at what you're doing now, you're just that these people don't have experience in like CrossFit. So if you go into a CrossFit gym, um, it's kind of expected, like you're going to do some things maybe you've never done before. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and you're going to be coached. Hopefully that's the expectation. Yes. At the Y, you know, you're, you're bringing that experience from CrossFit and like giving them in an amazing session, teaching them how to squat properly and, and deadlift and, and do those things rather than, <clears throat> Hey, let's go on these machines and do leg press and do three sets of 20 yeah. and stuff, you know, cause that's well, and that, in that type of setting, that's pretty popular. Yeah, I it's so funny you say that because I did, I did one equipment orientation. I'm not really the person on staff as the equipment orientations, but there was one day where they asked me to do one and I thought, yeah, I got time, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And and the equipment orientation is exactly what you said like going on those like weight stacks size machines which are fine. Mm-hmm. But I noticed as I was giving the orientation, I would tell the person, you know, this machine is one size fits most and it locks you into this movement pattern. 
And this woman that I did it with was really small. And so the machines were almost too big for her. So I was trying. So even though I was giving her this equipment orientation, I was saying, you know, we could just use a dumbbell and replicate this somewhere else. So I was trying to give her some more options. And so I was actually like going outside of the equipment orientation and being like, you know what, to be honest, I wouldn't recommend this machine for you. Yeah. yeah. So this machine is garbage. So you should do goblet squats. Yeah. I know. Exactly. It's so tough. It's like ingrained in your system, even though those machines are there. And yeah. if you do machines like, okay, way better than doing nothing. Yeah. But you know, it's like, yeah, this is good, but also uh, let's go over here and do yeah. something just way more better. Oh man. I don't know how you feel about some of these machines, but the, I have a few that I have issues with the, the crunch machine. So it's simulating a sit up motion, but you have handles that you grab, you lie down and you have handles that you're grabbing onto by your head and you're Mm -hmm. yanking your neck forward. (laughs) How do you feel about that machine? I mean, I could name at least 20 things right now that are way better than that. Yes, exactly. At least. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's kind of silly. Yes. Um, that machine I have issues with, um, what else? Oh, the back extension machine also. Mm, where with it's, a, like a weight stack? Yep. It's a weight yeah. stack. You almost sit in a chair and you push back on the pad. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That one I don't love. I think only because it's so easy to overextend through your lower back mm-hmm. when you do it. I just don't get the purpose. Like, I, I don't know. I do as a selling point, I get why they're going to sell that machine. Yeah. But I don't, if like for an actual human, I don't, it makes don't no sense it. to me. Yeah. The, we got to the, I, I mean, I, I demonstrated and showed, showed her how to use all the machines, mm-hmm. but then I was like, but how about you come over here and we'll grab this resistance. Yeah. She goes, Oh wow, this is good. <laughs> yeah. You can, you can do this instead. <laughs> yeah. So much better. Yeah. I think the machine I have the biggest issue with, and this is just uh physical therapy coming out in me is the leg extension or knee extension. So where oh. you're seated and you're kicking up and it's for your quads. Yes. Um, so it puts an insane amount of stress on your patella when mm-hmm. you do that. Yep. Um, so you could be pushing, I don't know, say you put 30 pounds on the leg extension, which is pretty light for if you're, I don't have any type of leg strength, I guess. <clears throat> and if you have 30 pounds down at the ankle, mm-hmm. it's, I'm not sure what the ratio is exactly, but it's something like five times pressure at your knee Oh God! Um, on the posterior side of your patella. So you're just grinding at your patella and it's not something you feel, but you do leg extensions for who knows how many years or whatever, then yeah, you're going to wear away at your patella and you have a host of issues with inflammation and, and, um, uh, God, what I'm trying to think Terrible. of. Yeah. Uh, arthritis. Jeez. Oh, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just issues like that, that then you'll go to an orthopedic surgeon and they'll say, Oh yeah, you need a cleanup and they'll go in and they'll clean your knee up. And of then course. your knee is fucking swollen. You go to PT and yeah, it's just a cycle there. But anyways, <laughs> uh, leg extensions at eh, I kind of have a problem. I don't really like those. There's so many things you can do that are better. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
Um, so speaking of things that we can do better, I think, uh, there's one, there's one area of our body that we can train more Mm -hmm. specifically, you know, um, and it's the glutes, it's the butt. Yeah. So I, 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 I like of all the body parts, um, that are most important to train, I would say the glutes are right up there at Mm -hmm. the top just because of the function and, and everything that the glutes do to serve us in our daily life and also prevent injury if you're an athlete. Um, so like getting up and out of a chair for, if you're, you know, just trying to function, um, being able to walk, being able to do steps and stairs. And then as an athlete, like making sure you don't not only excel at your, at your sport, but making sure you don't get injured. So ACL injuries and and uh, meniscus injuries and everything that goes along at your knee can be directly tied to, you know, your glute strength. Um, and you see that so often with uh, female soccer players, especially in non-contact ACL injuries. That, <gasps> yeah. You know, they go and take a step and like their ACL blows out and like, yeah. why is that? Okay. Well, it's cause most of the time it's because they have like no glute meat and no uh, glute men activation. So there's no stability through their hip. And there's no stability through your knee and your ACL is just, is not strong enough at that age. So yeah, I think glutes are, are extremely valuable to train. And I think they're undertrained specifically. Um, so I want to go through some top exercises for your glutes that you should start implementing. Yeah. I'm, I'm so ready for this because okay. what you just said I learned the hard way. I had no, I had no idea how important glute strength was until I started working out at CrossFit worthy. Yeah. And not only that, I had no idea. And then I learned the hard way because I was having so many knee issues Mm -hmm. and it was because my, my posterior chain, especially my glutes were very weak and they weren't activated ever, really ever. Um, so I was having lots of issues and I, it was a huge wake up call and Mm -hmm. now it's something I focus on all the time, but I would argue most people don't realize how important glute strength is. And if, if you train glutes, I'm thinking especially, I don't know how guys are, but I'm thinking most females are thinking about aesthetics of let's build a bigger butt kind of thing. Uh Um, I could be off base, but whenever I see it, it's more about, oh, I'm going to work my glutes because I want a nice shape Mm -hmm. versus I want to perform better. I want to be pain-free. I want like the functionality behind this. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, and then that toning, right? So if, if you look at it from like an aesthetic standpoint, the toning, um, there's no difference. I don't think there's a difference in the exercises. It just becomes like how you approach the exercises. Mm-hmm. So like if it is an aesthetic goal, like bridges are obviously going to be like the king of glute exercises, but it just depends how you take those bridges or is it body weight? Are we going to add load to it? Mm-hmm. How many reps and things like that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know you, you, I remember you had so many knee issues at, at worthy at one point, cause we were squatting so much and you were so quad dominant that it oh, just yeah. like tore apart your knee Yeah, and, and it, it's, it's pretty shitty cycle 
to go through. Uh, and it's hard to get back out of that hole once you dig yourself, but it's so easy to prevent it. Um, if you know the right things to do. So I think, uh, I'm going to go three, two, one. Okay. With Ooh, my yes. top three exercises. Okay. So number three is, uh, like a lateral step down. So you get a box. I would start like 12 inch type of box. Um, and what you're going to do is really come off the side of the box. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep your toe up and you're going to lower with one leg on the box until your heel touches the ground. And then you push through, um, the other leg on top of the box to full standing. So that, um, that exercise is going to hammer your glute medius. And it's going to be like what I mentioned before. Um, it's kind of like your side, butt. so if you like, look at your profile, like straight forward, yeah. Gonna, like your butt will get like wider if you do enough glute medius. Um, and it, it's glute meat is like the number one stabilizer, uh, in your, in that area, um, for stability through your hip, knee and ankle. It's just, yeah. it's incredibly strong. It's like, it's the glute meat is kind of like the deltoid of your shoulder in some ways. It's like this big, strong stabilizing force in your shoulder. So, um, I know yeah. the, I know exactly the movement you're talking about. Um, this is not a movement I do very often, if ever, mm-hmm. what do you, so when you, when you teach this movement, what are some common like cues that you would give someone or what are some common errors that you should avoid? So I think the biggest one looking at it would be not, um, that, so say you have your right foot up on the box yeah, and you're going to tap your left foot to the ground. Yes. So the biggest thing would be not keeping that toe, that left toe up. So all you want to do when you're lowering, you want to tap your heel, not transfer any weight to the ground, keep all your weight on the right leg and then push and stand up and make sure you're consciously squeezing your butt, right? Cause you could quickly become quad dominant with this if you don't have the habit and the, basically the, the neuromuscular connection in yeah. your glute to, you know, actually be able to squeeze your butt. So that would be it. Keeping your toe up, no transfer of the weight, just tap, squeeze your butt and stand. Yeah. Um, that would be the number one thing I would see. And a lot of times, like if that right leg is on top of the box, the knee can kind of cave in towards the left knee. So cueing to keep it out. And that's a huge indicator too. If that knee is kind of going in a little bit mm-hmm. inward, that your glute medius is, is really weak. So if that's the case, lower the box a little bit, you know, maybe go off a couple plates or, or whatever you have to do until you can keep that knee out and feel your butt, um, squeeze and you can load it up too. I mean, there's, there's infinite possibilities. There's nothing wrong with holding a dumbbell, uh, at your chest, like goblet squat style, Mm, um, mm -hmm. or holding dumbbells at your side, like suitcase style or one dumbbell or one kettlebell or a barbell in the front rack. Like there's infinite things you can do to load this once you get pretty strong at it. Oh, I love that. I'm, (laughs) I'm actually, as you're talking, I'm like, man, I'm so excited to teach this to my clients because this is a really good one. It's so good. And it's kind of overlooked it. it, It's yeah. It just, it builds the glute meads so, so well. And and that's going to help, you know, anybody get stronger. It's one of these exercises. If you watch it, or even if you just try it, you have to try it yourself because if you look at it, it looks very, what should I say? Deceiving mm-hmm. as, Oh, like that's it. That's all I'm doing. Right. But then once you do it, it's, Oh, that's yeah. what I'm doing. Yep. Exactly. And you know, the first three, five reps will be like, this is it. 
but you tell them to slow down I'm like, okay, go slow and control on the way down. Just tap, don't transfer any weight and then come back up. Guarantee if you give them, if they're pretty strong, you give them 12 to 15 reps body weight, they're going to start feeling it, especially into the second set. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'm no, I'm excited. I need to do these too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. They're really yes. great accessory too. I mean, I like to do them as, as that as accessory after. But, yeah. Um, okay. So that's number three. Number two, I'm trying to give um, like these three ones is hopefully different. Like the deadlift is obviously great at building your glutes, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that's too obvious to me. So yeah. I'll give some different ones. So number two is a uh, heavy sled push. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So I was thinking when I was trying to make this list, what is the worst I guess the best exercise I've ever done, but the worst I've felt in my glutes ever, just cause like my <laughs> glutes were like full of blood, like on fire. Yeah. Like I'm on the ground. Like I can't feel my butt. Yeah. Um, and it was after heavy sled pushes, especially when you go uh, low handle, um, you're still going to get a lot high handle, but low handle, especially. So basically when you're doing a heavy sled push, you're, you're taking these big slow steps and you're constantly forcing hip extension. So you're planting your foot, you're pressing through and your hip extends. And that's mm-hmm. all, that's all your glute. And the truth is you're going to feel this everywhere in your legs um, when you do a heavy sled push, but the glutes are really, really going to get lit up because they have to be strong and powerful to push this weight, you know, down the field, turf, concrete, whatever you're pushing it on. Um, so that's like one of the best uh, strength builders and also hypertrophy. I mean, you're going to build a big butt if you do a lot of heavy <laughs> sled pushes over the summer. Like it's just going to happen and it's going to look good too. Cause it's like, it's a very, very athletic movement. It's so, oh my gosh. I have so many memories of doing sled pushes and especially the way you're describing them where it's just a grind Yeah, and it's, it's effective, but it's, you remember them because they're, they're painful. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. so painful and it's so good. Um, yeah, I love it. Like, especially if, so how I would approach it is, um, hopefully you have a, a sled, throw some plates on it, take about, uh, I don't know, 20 yards. If that, that's actually pretty far. I'll go 20 yards or 20 meters and, uh, just push it down once. And it should be like a slow walk and then rest for at least 90 seconds, push it down again and kind of add weight as you go for, I don't know, five rounds of five or six rounds of 20 meters and start with that. Um, But it's so, I mean, in rugby like this, we lived on the sled in any training for a sport, like you need to like push a sled. It's transferable to every single sport. It doesn't matter. Um, Yeah. And you're going to get a, get a good booty. Man, it's making me want to find a sled again. Cause I yeah. haven't, I haven't done this exercise. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been probably over two years. I know it's my favorite. Yeah. It's my least favorite and my favorite. It's like pushing a rock up a mountain, you know, like yeah, yeah, that's it's such good. a struggle. And it's so like satisfying when you're done with a sled push workout. Like it's just exactly. great. Exactly. Yeah. It's satisfying work. Yeah. That's yeah. the best way to put it. Yeah. Okay. Number one, um, is a barbell glute bridge. Oh yeah. Yep. So this is one where you, it's like, you can kind of take it in so many different ways. You can do 
high reps and like moderate weight, lightweight. You can do low reps and really freaking heavyweight. You'll be so surprised how much you can glute bridge until you try to glute bridge. Like I guarantee you there are so, so many people out there that do body weight glute bridges. They could probably glute bridge over 200 pounds and not even realize mm, it right now. Mm-hmm. Just the nature of the movement, how strong the glutes are. If you're able to contract them and teach someone to like squeeze, actually squeeze their butt and keep their core tight, like you're going to be able to move a lot of weight and that's going to transfer to a lot of strength building. Um, and there is, I mean, they've, they've done different studies, like different, uh, doctorates of, uh, I can't remember what study I read, but it was a doctorate of physical, not physical therapy, but, um, exercise physiology. Mm -hmm. And they're just doing studies about glute activation through different movements. So comparing back squat to deadlift and, and glute bridges and, um, a couple different movements and glute bridges were by far and above the most, uh, had the most glute activation Wow! um, as far as the movements go. So naturally, I mean, your glutes, their purpose is to extend your hip. So it opens up your hip. So think about standing up when you're Mm -hmm. sitting, your hip is flexed. So the act of standing your hips extend. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's mostly your glutes. So doing a, a, a barbell glute bridge. So I would, the way I would do it, you can teach it in a lot of different ways, but I would have a bench set up kind of at your back. Um, and you'll be sitting kind of on that bench with your back on the bench, if that makes sense. Yes. Yep. And then you'll kind of have your legs out in front of you. You'll roll. If you're using a barbell, roll the barbell right into your hip and then you'll plant your feet on the ground. And from there, you can um, do a pelvic tilt is a great start that gets your everything set in the right spot. And then you squeeze your glutes until the barbell reaches, you know, you reach full extension through your hips. Um, and that's, that's the way I would approach that. And I love doing these. And I love giving them out. I mean, I gave them when I was doing uh, a lot of the rugby training last year, mm-hmm. um, giving them out like just freaking heavy, like sets of five sets of three and guys were going like in the four or 500 pounds, wow. with these things, and, you know, and it's, it's, I guarantee you like, go try it. You're going to get a lot of weight and you're capable of doing a lot of weight and you shouldn't be scared to because your glutes are freaking powerful and they're supposed to be strong. Um, you, and, oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. Do you, my question is with, with any type of glute bridge, Yeah. do you, cause I know I get people like this where they say they're, they're not, they're not feeling it in the right area. Yeah. You know how we, we try to make that mind muscle connection. Do right. you have any tips for someone who says, man, I'm doing these glute bridges and I don't feel it in my butt. Okay. So I would literally start by not doing a bridge and just tell them to squeeze their butt. Mm-hmm. And naturally if they're laying like, um, with their back on the ground, like mm-hmm. laying down with their knees bent, mm-hmm. tell them to squeeze their butt. Okay. Just squeeze your butt. Naturally mm-hmm. their hips will rise up a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and be like, okay, that's what you're searching for. Right. Okay. So now let's, um, try to squeeze your butt first and then lift off. The oh, ground. that's good. So squeeze I like that your butt too. first. Yeah. Then lift off the ground first. That's what I would do. Um, and that should, after a couple of reps, give them that feedback of like, okay, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, and if that doesn't work, you can always, I mean, pulling uh, a band into the mix isn't a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing a body weight bridge on the ground, um, throwing a band around their knees and telling them squeeze your butt first and put oh, pressure yeah. out on the band and then go up, yeah. dude, you're going to get lit up. 
Like you could get a killer workout with just a band around your knees and doing glute bridges, especially for hypertrophy in that case. Like that's why I said it's infinitely scalable and, and you can have so many different things with a glute bridge. Um, I mean, throwing a band in and going heavy. Now you got even more glute activation. Yeah, um, man. I'm so excited to do this one with my clients now too. Yeah. This one, we don't have a sled, but doing this one and those lateral step downs, mm-hmm. that's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Strong butts are freaking cool. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would, uh, I mean, I love glute bridges. They're one of my favorite new exercises because it's not super taxing at mm-hmm. all, but you can get really, really strong. Um, and, and that's, I think that's the beauty in it is you can, I mean, as a deadlift, your CNS takes huge hits, uh, especially when you're going heavy, but mm-hmm. glute bridge, you can move a fuck ton of weight and really not take that CNS hit. Um, so that's, that's a huge benefit too. Man. Yeah. I didn't think about that. You're right. You're so right. Yeah. So yeah, those are my top three glute exercises. And, um, I think, yeah, it's just so important for everybody. Um, if you want to look good or whatever, or just be functional and be better at your sport that you have to train the glutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. 100%. I'm, this was great. This is a great conversation. I'm excited. I'm excited to do more of these things in my own training. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped for you to, you know, do that and also (laughs) come tell me how it goes and everyone's going to say they have sore butts the next day, hopefully. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) That's the goal. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, I'm ready to wrap it up for you. Yeah. That was great. All right, Connor. We'll talk next week. Yeah. See ya.